I wouldn't be here today without your prayers. I'm serious. How many believe in prayer? I mean, seriously believe it? Yes. And uh, Ina and I had strong faith going into this thing, but also we realized we, we, we couldn't really advance like we needed to without the support of the body of Christ. And you sure have been ample in your giving of that to us. And I just want to say thank you so much. You all are wonderful. I wouldn't trade you in for any other church, anywhere, any place, any time. So God bless you guys. <laughs> Amen. The Holy Spirit is so cool. He gave me a word I've never preached before. Uh, I woke up one morning, this is a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I, I had asked God specifically for a rhema word, a specific word that I know it was him, and uh, especially for first time back, you know, I just wanted that, uh, to have that assurance. Well, I woke up to the word strong consolation. Everybody say it with me. Strong consolation. And I went, I know th that expression. It's in the book of Hebrews. And so I had a cup of coffee. I sat down and had a little breakfast, turned on the TV and to watch Joseph Prince because I would do that in the morning. And the first words out of his mouth as I turned the TV on was strong consolation. I went, okay, Lord, we're back. <laughs> this, is, this is cool. So um, God led me into Hebrews chapter 6, and I want to... Uh, the name of this message is The Power of Covenant Words. Tell your neighbor there is power in covenant words. I want us to look, first of all, at uh, Galatians 3. This is amazing. Uh, Tim had just got through talking about this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Everybody say, I have been redeemed being made a curse for us, as it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the what? The blessing of Abraham. You can't escape the blessing of Abraham. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we see here then that uh, all of us, if we're in Christ, we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We have and should be walking in the blessing of Abraham, right? All right. So let's look at the, uh, the fill-in here. We are in covenant with God through Christ. Say, I'm a covenant kid. We're in covenant with God through Christ. As a result, we have the blessing of Abraham, right? The Bible tells us that it, the, the main blessing is the wonderful Holy Spirit the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, as a result of that, we have everything else because how many know it's the Holy Spirit that unlocks the Word, right? How many of you ever gotten a rhema word from God? You, you needed a, a specific word to get you through the day, to get you through a, a particular problem that you were facing, and uh, you asked the Lord, you may have prayed in tongues for a little bit, and He gave you a specific rhema word. Well, here's what I'm going to be doing today. I'm going to... The illustrations that I'm giving you uh, are the result of rhema words that I needed, not just for myself, but for the people I was ministering to, 
at a particular time, and God came through beautifully. We need to come to the place, I can't say this strong enough, we need to come to the place as a church where we have total confidence in, A, God's love for us. Lean over and tell your neighbor, you know you're mightily loved. But that God will do it for you. You know, we hear other people's testimonies, but God wants us to come to the place where we know that we know that we know God will do it for us. How many know you're special to God? Lean over and tell your neighbor, you're special to God. So I'm going to be giving you some illustrations out of my experience with this rhema word that God gives us, uh, this word in season that the Lord gives us. So let's look at uh, the first one here I have is surely. These are, co- these are covenant words, and they're loaded with power. And they're all found in the same chapter, Hebrews 6. Uh, the, the word is surely. Everybody say surely. We don't use that word today. We, don't, we just don't use that word. That's an unusual word. Uh, let's look at Hebrews six thirteen and 14. Oh, power. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. Okay, so when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no other, uh, no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, everybody say surely, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Listen, God pays a lot more attention to words than we do. We need to pay attention, pay attention especially to covenant words. How many are covenant people here today? If you are cleansed by the blood of Jesus, you are in covenant with the Father through the blood of the Son, and you've been sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. You are not an accident about to happen somewhere. You have been blessed on purpose. God has a mighty calling in every one of your lives, far greater than you can even ask or think. How many believe that? How many dare to find out? That means you've got to follow on to know the Lord. All right? So let's look at this first one. The covenant power word implies we are plugged in to God's purpose for our lives. Tell, the neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'm plugged into God. Say, I'm plugged into his purpose. It carries the idea of God, our surety. Here's a word we don't use either. Standing behind his promise. All right? So, I'm in, I'm in a checkout over at Harris Teeter. And they had a bag lady there who would bag up the groceries, and they had the, the person taking, the, the you know, what you had bought. Usually, most of the time, they just have one person. They had two people. And I'm waiting in line, and one of the, the lady that was bagging the groceries for this other person, she said, uh, I can hardly stand on this leg. This leg is hurting so bad. I can hardly stand on this. So the Holy Spirit nudges me. And he says, here's an opportunity for me. 
How many know we just need to, we need to listen to the people around us? Amen. Right? So I come up, I'm next in line, I stand there. And I said, so how long have you been having that issue? Oh, it's on and off it, but it's very painful. It's in my leg here. And uh, I've been to the doctors, and he's given me medicine for it, but um, it, it really hasn't helped me. So I said, do you believe that God, A, loves you? Do you believe that Jesus loves you? She said, yeah, I do believe that. I said, do you believe that he can heal you? And she goes, yes, I believe that he can heal me. She said, I've never had a chance to operate in that, but uh, yes, I do believe it's possible. I said, put your hand on your leg. Put your hand on your leg. And I said, I'm going to speak to it, and you speak to it, for pain to go. I'm supposed to speak to the pain itself? Yes. Speak to it. So she begins to speak to it. I said, I will lead you. So I'm leading her, and she's speaking the words. And then she goes, it's gone. You know? And I said, told you. (laughs) Are we believers now? She said, yes, I am. I said, well, we're having a healing service Sunday at the church. Would you mind handing these out? Oh, you're bold, man. Yeah, I'm a bold little guy. So I gave her these. I said, you don't mind doing this because you're so grateful that God has touched you. She said, yeah, give me them. <laughs> we'll go for it. I mean, we just need to step out, folks. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and see, I have so many freaking testimonies over the years. Uh, that's not a spiritual word, Brother Deb. I wanted you to remember it. I had a guy tell me one time, nobody, I've never, I've never, there's all these testimonies that you have, I don't believe it's possible you've had them. I said, well, too bad. <laughs> they have happened. We just have to step out. Tell the person next to you, you got to step out. Say, it's time for you to step out. God wants to manifest through you. But I've never done it before. What a great opportunity. Get ready, man. He's going to start using you. Amen? All right. And by the way, if you have a pain in your life, now we prayed for the sick, but if you have a pain in your life, how many know you can speak to it and it'll go? So anybody that is left and still has a, a problem with uh, an ache or pain in your body, as you put your hand on it, it's going in Jesus' name. Praise God. Okay, then uh, let's look at number two. Now, this is a word nobody uses, but it's a covenant power word. Immutability. When's the last time you used that word? Huh? Well, first of all, you say, what does it mean? (laughs) Immutability. You use that word, people think you're a wise guy. Immutability. Let's, let's, Let's read this scripture. We're in God willing more abundantly to show the heirs of the of promise. Say I'm an heir of promise. The immutability of his counsel. Confirmed it by an oath. That means it can't change. 
all right, that by two immutable things, there's that word again, all right, in which it was impossible for God to lie. Do you know God can't lie? We can lie, but God can't lie. It's impossible, all right? Then why do we have an issue with his word? We shouldn't, all right? So that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. There's that word. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So we see here, let's look at the notes. This is used in the context of faith and patience. If we read on in 17 and 18 verses 17, 18, and for the rest of the chapter. It is used in the context of faith and patience. That's how, we, that's how we receive the promises, right? Faith and patience. Tell the person next to you, you need both faith and patience. Or long-suffering, right? Okay. Listen, it's been long-suffering with the weakness and all the stuff that we've had to go through. You know, I'd never been in, I, I, let me give you a background. I had never been in a hospital since 1948. I was five and I went in for tonsils. My parents said, they were, they were Republicans, you know, they said, well, we're going to get rid of Truman and your tonsils. They didn't get rid of Harry, but they got rid of my tonsils. And, yeah, I never went back. I never had to go back. I mean, God has been so good to me, you know. And here I am in there 15 days. I think the hardest part was was just laying there, you know. You can't get up. But God gave me grace because you were praying for me. Boy, I've had a lot. I, I, I just, you go through something like this and you find out, that you really loved by a lot of people, you know. And uh, that, that's something money can't buy. But you know what? There was great grace there, too, because I couldn't believe it. But even after this tough surgery, I didn't have any pain afterwards. I didn't have any pain. I'm going, whoa, Wow. Get me out of here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let, let me just let me just backtrack. Back in late March, early April, I was in the park and and I, I remember I was listening to Bill Gothard, not no uh, uh, Gaither, the Gaither group, and. Uh, they're great. They're great singers, by the way. Great quartet. And I started tearing up, you know. And I found that that was happening more and more in my life. And I said, "Lord, I don't know what you're doing with me." I said, "I'm. I feel more tender in my heart toward people and their needs than I, than I ever have before." And he said, uh, "That's of me." And he said, uh, "In the in the days ahead, uh, you're going to be meeting people. You're going to be praying with people." who some of them are at death's door. They've gone through a lot. Some of them have almost given up hope. But uh, they're going to hear your testimony, and uh, you're going to get a chance to pray with them. 
and see the miracle of God released in their lives. But how many know that goes for you too? Because we, we are a healing church. And I believe God really wants to use this church as never before to bring that message to the people in our area. Okay? So, okay. Um, immutability. It is used in the context of faith and patience. We need to develop an imagination that sees the completion of the promise. We all have an active imagination, but we need to use it. We need to use it. Yes, Ronnie. We, we need to use it in the right direction. I had a guy come in, and I had forgotten this guy. I had to ask Ina for the details. I had forgotten this guy because it happened so long ago, and it was in New Orleans. I got a phone call. There was a time in the life of that church where we were seeing people come in by the tens and twenties. Every Sunday morning, we'd have 10 to 20 people saved, and it went on for years. How I many know you can take revival for granted when you start seeing stuff like that, right? But uh, so the word got out. If you need, make an appointment for counseling or help see Pastor David. So I got a phone call from this one lady, and she said, my name is such and such. Uh, and her last name was Shweta, and she said, uh, we have a real need and wondered if you could help us. And uh, is there any time that you could see us? And I said, yeah. I was an off night. It was like a Tuesday night. I said, won't you come on Tuesday night? I said, your husband's working? She said, yeah. So she comes, they come in the, my, my office. This guy is so big. How big is he? PD. He's about six, six, three hundred and fifty pounds. He was a, a lineman for the New Orleans Saints. He, he retired. He just retired. But I found out his need was he didn't know God at all. He didn't know the Lord from man in the moon. And his but his wife, she had some faith and she said, We need to go. And so she, he, he said, I don't know if you can help me, but uh, he said, uh, I'm 100000 in debt, uh, and uh, I don't know what to do. He said, uh, I'm not playing football anymore. I said, I retired. And uh, I said, do you, first of all, I said, do you believe in Jesus Christ, that he loves you, that he has already provided salvation for you, that also includes your finances? No, he said, I didn't know all that. I said, Are you, have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? And he said, no. I said, are you willing? Are you ready to do this? Because I said, without surrendering fully to him, that's everything. That's your finances. That's everything. It doesn't matter. I mean, I said, you have to surrender to him. He said, I'm ready. I'll do whatever. I love people like that. So he got down on his knees, and I got down on my knees with him, you know. And he just weeping and asking Jesus to come into his heart. And afterwards, I said, okay, now, we're dealing with money. Now, you need, you need money. You need to sow it. And I talked to him about tithes and offerings and all that. 
And uh, you say, well, that's mighty soon, Pastor Dave. Yeah, but he had a mighty soon need. Hello? Right? So bottom line, I said, let's get quiet. You pray. You tell me what God's telling you to do. He said, well, okay. So we prayed. And I said, he will talk to you. I said, well, so what's he saying to you? He's saying I'm supposed to write a check out for $100. And would you pray over it? I said, of course. We'll do it. We did it. Within one week, he had no more debt. One of the greatest miracles we had seen. God cleared it up, boom, like that. We don't tell God his business, but how many know that that's that's good? (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) And they stayed in the church. A lot of people, you know, they get their needs met, and then you don't see them anymore, you know, which doesn't speak loudly for gratefulness, but they, they stayed for a good while. Might have still been there when I when we left. All right. Number three is the oath. Oath. When we think of the word oath, we think of cussing or taking an oath uh, in a court of law or something like that. Well, let's look at uh, Hebrews 6. This is a very powerful uh, legal word. Hebrews six sixteen through 18. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. By the way, you can use that word if you want. The immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Two power words there. That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong, there's that strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So you have a strong refuge. So let's read on here. The oath was surely blessing, I will bless you. That was the oath. Surely blessing. There's that strong surely word. Surely blessing, I will bless you. The word is an anchor, sure and steadfast. How many know you're anchored to God? And God is anchored to you through his word. God swearing by himself. Let's, uh, let's look at uh, Luke 1, 73 through 75. The oath which he sware to our father Abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So God is so committed to us. I mean, he is so committed to you. God doesn't love me. Shut up. Come down here and I'll slap you. Pastor Dave, you're a striker. No, listen, I'm giving you a hard time. You know I'm not like that, but I like to joke around because it gets a point across, right? So the oath was surely blessing, I will bless you. The word is an anchor, sure and steadfast. God's swearing by himself. So our expectations, 
Mm, we have great expectations. About seven, eight years ago, Jennifer Castle called and said, can you and Ina come down? And uh, I think we spent the day with her, and uh, they had a real need. We met with she and her husband, David, and they were, they'd had some real tough situations financially, and they were in deep, deep, deep debt, almost impossible to get out of it. And so we began to feed them the stuff I'm feeding you right now. We're talking about strong consolation, talk, talking about uh, God's oath and, and uh, his, his expectation, strong consolation for them. And so we just poured it in. We gave examples ex- after example. Didn't have to go too far or too deep because they were already believers, big time. Anyway, we spoke over them, and it took them a few years to get out of it. But almost immediately, they had a gigantic amount of money come in. Almost immediately, gigantic. And it was enough to say to them, hey, I'm in your corner. You're going to get out of this. This is not forever. And be of good cheer. I'm with you. That's what it, told, that's what it spoke to them. Even though they knew it, how I many know we all, we all need to hear it again and again. Number four, strong consolation. Hebrews six eighteen and nineteen. We keep running into that. That by two immutable things by which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor. Boy, those strong anchor words there. Uh, of the soul, sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil. All right. So, as I said here, this speaks to the promise and the oath. God's mercy and grace to us in our trials. How, ma- how many that you know that you can be totally sure and steadfast in the fact that no matter what you go through, he's there for you. He's backing you up, all right? He's a strong anchor for you. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he will cause a standard to be raised. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow, all right? So this speaks of the promise of God, uh, uh, and, and the oath, God's mercy and grace to us in our trials. God has a sure word just for us. Say, God has a sure word just for me. I get a telephone call. I'm in New Orleans. I get a telephone call. Young man, he said, Pastor Dave, I really hesitate to call you. He said, I hope you're still not mad at me. I said, why would I be mad at you? He said, well, several years ago, I got married to this girl and and took her out of the church. We're not going anywhere now, but we're in desperate trouble. My little, our little girl, she's just a few years old, is dying. They don't know what they can do for her in the hospital. And he said, I just got down on my knees and I'm sobbing, I'm crying. And, I, and, I, and he, he said, I'm crying out to God. Lord, what do I do? And he said, your name came before me. 
So I'm hoping you've forgiven me. I'm hoping that you will come and pray for my little girl. I said, look, I didn't really give it a thought. I said, I I figured when she got married, it was her business to do marriage and maybe a new church. I don't know. Uh, I didn't know where your church was if you had one. But I said, I'm good with it. And yes, I'll come. So I drive out there to the hospital. How many know, though, it's always a really, really good thing to find out how God wants to do it? Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. How many know you can't cook cookie cut with the Lord? You know, because he's a God of variety and he's, we, he, he wants us to be dependent on. So I turned off my engine. I'm, there I am at East Jefferson Hospital. I said, okay, Lord, uh, how do you want me to do this? He said, you're not going to pray for the girl. What? You would have said the same thing. <laughs> I'm not to pray for the girl? No. He said, I put healing in the hands of the Father. He just didn't know it yet. But I'm sending you to lay hands on him. And tell him that and lay hands on him and impart that to him. But I don't want you even touching the child. He said, you, you can touch his back as he's praying for her. I said, wow, I wouldn't have done it that way. <laughs> and I wouldn't have got the same results. So I go up to this guy. Oh, thank you, Pastor Dave, for coming. I said, okay, but wait a minute. Uh, we got to talk a little bit here. <laughs> and then I told him what the Holy Spirit told me. And he just falls on his knees and he's sobbing. Yes, Lord, oh God, yeah, you know. And I said, now get up and let's get over there. And get her done. <laughs> and you're going to lay hands on, on your little daughter. And you're going to rebuke death. And I to put my hand on your back, but I can't touch her. But I will say yes in, in agreement with you. One will chase a thousand, two will put ten thousand aflight. Right? So he's crying, weeping. I don't care. Just get over this. Go. I mean, that shows his, his heart, man. It's, he believes he's a believer. So he lays hands on, on his daughter, and he's sobbing and he's praying over her. I'm amening. <laughs> And then I leave, you know. And then he calls me back about a week later. She's home. She's fine. Wow. But you know what? Never saw him in church. Never saw him in church. So many people that I prayed for through the years. I mean, real miracles. Real, real miracles. Just pray, leave, and that's up to them and God, you know. I told Andrew Womack one time, I said, yeah, we had a guy raised from the dead in our church. Oh, man, he said, you must have had the church packed the next week. Nope. <laughs> he, he was dead, and then he became alive. <laughs> Lord showed us what to do. By the time the, the uh, hospital people got, got here, he was already sitting up. Praise God. 
So, and th let's look at the, the final one here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Very interesting. Let's read it. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Wow. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Thank goodness for that. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. Lord, why am I going through this trial? I think it may be to comfort them which are in trouble. How I many know God can take our experiences, good or bad, and turn them to good always? Right? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Boy, it's a lot of comforts. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. That whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation. Paul, you're using that word again. And salvation, which is effectual in the uh, enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, so you shall be also of the consolation. Well, I, I counted this up, and uh, I say the first fill in there is comfort is used four times. And then consolation four times. So comfort four times, consolation four times. I would say to define those, I would say comfort is... For instance, in the hospital, uh, I, I, uh, I, I felt no pain. I felt God's presence. And then in the, that was from God himself. And then the con consolation were all the cards and letters and phone calls. So we had comfort, we had consolation. So four times comfort, four times consolation. The latter word is especially, it especially means encouragement uh, from a person. The first word carries with it the God's tender touch in a special way. All right. Everybody stand. I'd like our older team to come. You may be here today and you need some comfort. You may be going through some stuff. Maybe you've had some disappointment at work. Things haven't gone like you'd like them to. You need some consolation. You need to feel another believer standing with you and standing near you and giving you some really good encouragement and saying, hey, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. I've had a similar issue, similar problem, and God saw me through. He's going to see you through too. Amen. I mean, no, we, we need each other. Tell the person next to you, I need you. Praise God. Well, I'm going to pray for you. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, now is the time. You know, I look, I look out and I look at almost I look at all of you, and for the most part, I, I know who you are and your testimony. But if you happen to be here 
slipped in and I missed you and you've never given your heart to Christ, when I make the uh, offer for people to come and get prayer, you come too because you need it. And God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. So, Father, I lift my hand over this awesome group of people, Lord. I thank you so much for them.